Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rewind and Reconsider, where we rewatch children's movies of our childhood and reconsider it. I'm your host, Mia Graviador, and I'm joined by my lovely husband, Harrison Fagan. And today we I've are... I've been demoted from co-host. I'm just husband now. Yeah, that's okay. it. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm guest husband. <laughs> uh, today, uh, on a very special episode of Rewind and Reconsider Holiday Edition, we are going to watch Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2. Yeah, so are you going to make like... Are you going to make like a special holiday edition of the graphic? Like, are you going to put like a little mistletoe above the logo or something? Like, just, you know, as a treat for the people? <laughs> wow. I mean, you did you, it just, did you just say that? Now I have to do it. I mean, now, now you have to. So. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, you could just do a bad job. Okay. I can yeah. do that. Definitely. <laughs> uh, um, so, Harrison, you have watched the Home Alone movies. Yes. Oh. These were mandatory viewing in the Fagan household growing up. These were like, we would watch these around Christmas. We I, The first time I actually watched it was in the summer because it was like one of the only children's movies my great aunt and, and great uncle had. And she <laughs> wanted to watch a movie with us when we were visiting them in Canada. And I believe that was the first time I watched it. In but, the summer? Yeah, we loved the Home Alone movies. And so they never felt like totally just a Christmas movie to me, although they are Christmas movies. They both take place at that time of year and have messages about the season and being together with your holiday okay family yeah and- okay so i haven't seen it obviously but like it's two movies and it's about a kid being left behind how do the parents leave him behind twice uh well we'll get into that but yes they are they are i mean it's partially the kid but like the first one it's definitely the parents fault and the second one it's kind of arguably their fault too so like not the greatest parents yeah i was gonna say like how can they make Two movies of I mean, that's kind of the joke of the second one. It's like they they continually are like cracking on each other for like, how did we let this happen again? But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'll find out. They're both uh, pretty ridiculous uh, premises to some degree, but also you know, have like they're they're fun movies. What did you like about it growing up? Uh, I definitely liked the physical comedy of it. Like as a kid, like there's nothing funnier than like people getting injured, um, <laughs> and like especially like in a slapstick way. It's not in like a I guess some of it is actually kind of gruesome, I think, like, in retrospect. But um, it is very slapstick, like, funny. It's, uh, you know, like, these burglars constantly trying to break into a house and they're getting... As a kid, who doesn't want to think that they could outsmart these dumb burglars or whatever and, like, you know, dirt with tricks and all that stuff? There's just, like, a lot of... Basically, the climax of both movies is just these guys getting hurt over and over again by these increasingly elaborate traps that a child that I'm convinced grew up to become a serial killer uh, (laughs) puts together. Uh, So, you think they're going to hold up? Oh, yeah. I think they're going to hold up. They're really funny. They're classics. They're really funny. They're classics for a reason? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess... You're going to see why Macaulay Culkin is, like, still famous to this day, even though I don't think he's acted in anything in, like... I mean, it's probably been a long time. We'd have to check his IMDb page. I feel like he does voice work and stuff now, but I don't think he does anything in person. I think his brother's in his one brother's of in succe- his brother's in Succession. Yeah, his brother's in one of those movie, the Home Alone movies too. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah, maybe he's in the terrible third one. No, I oh. think he's in one of. The, I don't know. Anyways, we'll find out. With that, we will go and find out the mystery of Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone. <laughs> All 
right, and we are back. We just watched both Home Alone movies, and before we get to the rest of the podcast and our thoughts on the Macaulay Culkin verse, uh, Mia is going to do, we usually do a 60-second summary, but Mia is instead, because we watched both movies, going to try and summarize both of their plots in 90 seconds. Because they are similar enough, you don't get the full bonus of the extra 60 seconds. Do you think you can do it? Yeah, I think I can. Okay, all right, here we go, and go. Okay, so we open up Home Alone 1. It's about a huge family. They're going to go on vacation to Paris for Christmas, and they have uh, there's a bunch of family members in the house, and there's we focus on one kid named Kevin. Kevin is kind of the black sheep of the family, and then um, he gets in a fight with his mom, and he says, I wish I never had a family, and they're like, well, fuck you. So then the next morning, the family wakes up late to go to the airport, and then they all run out to the house, and they forget Kevin, and Kevin is left home alone so then um so he's all like yay this is awesome and then um surprise there's two bandits that are trying to rob the house and kevin has to then um defend the house and sets up all these booby traps and then the bandits go through the booby traps and then they kevin wins the day and saves the house and then the parents the the family comes home and they're like sorry about that and kevin's like no worries home alone too so they go to New York, but they're, the family is going to go to Florida, but Kevin accidentally goes on a plane to New York, and then he's like, oh shit, I'm in New York, and his family's like, oh shit, I'm in Florida. And so they try to find each other, but Kevin's having a great time. He gets a room in the Plaza Hotel, and then um, the bandits have escaped from jail, and then they they run into Kevin, and they're like, fuck you, and then Kevin's like, no, fuck you. And then the, the bandits are like, we're going to steal money from a toy shop, and Kevin's like, no, you're not. And then um, he also sets up a trap in this house that his uncle is renovating but he's not there and the bandits again go through the whole thing that we went through home alone and they win and then his family finds his mom and parents find him in new york and they're like okay merry christmas done oh just missed it by four seconds no you're so close seriously give me that one no you don't get it you you gotta you gotta earn it legitimately and the viewers can hold us accountable because they can watch this on you know like they can watch the timer no one's watching the fucking timer they could though they're not they could and Why so would I'm you? Not, I don't. I know you want to lie to our audience, but I have made a promise to never lie to our audience. Mia, this was your first time watching both of these movies. Yes. So before we get into whether or not we like them, I want to actually. Normally we talk about that at the beginning, but because it's like two movies, like let's start out. Like I want to compare and contrast these movies, and then get into a couple specific elements of them. So like just broadly, like what did you think of both movies, and like how did they compare? Which one did you like better? Like, um, yeah, I thought they were really well written. Um, they were really fun to watch. There's a lot of jokes that I'm sure if I watched it as a kid, I would not get. Um, it's kind of like that humor. Um, I know John Hughes, I think, directed and wrote this movie. Oh, I didn't know that. So, I mean, I, I like his movies. So it, you could tell that, you know, there's some sort of like charm to it that he usually puts in. Um, it's not, I don't feel like it's kind of dated at all. Like, I th- I still think it holds up, definitely. The only thing that's dated is that if cell phone, this is the second movie in a row where if cell phones and the internet existed, the plots would not be possible. Yeah, like this is, yeah, this movie. In the second one, it relies on the hotel not even running his dad's credit card for like three days after he's been racking up charges there because it was like paper machines and they would just like run it all at the end. Like there was a lot of. 
you know, there are a lot of things that would not work yeah, about this no, movie today, no. like logically. But I actually did appreciate the lengths that both movies went to to kind of make this admittedly implausible scenario seem somewhat possible and kind of like especially the second one did a lot of like uh, they you could tell in the writer's room they thought a lot about what are plot holes in this about like why this wouldn't happen or why this wouldn't happen again let's just have a character that pokes that hole and shows why that would like not happen so like when he's getting on the plane to New York you know he sits down and he starts talking to someone about going to New York but it's a guy who only speaks French yeah and so he puts on his headphones to get out of that conversation because he doesn't understand the language uh and then that's when the flight attendant starts talking about they're going to New York so of course he didn't realize until he gets there and they set up you know like look if you're a kid and you're mad at your family like maybe the first call that you make when you're lost and you said that you wanted to go on a vacation by yourself and you have a bag full of cash that was in your dad's wallet for vacation like maybe you're just gonna go and run around the city and have your own vacation like you've been alone before yeah. And, you know, like, I just thought that they did a lot of, you know, making these things for the time seem at least somewhat plausible that yeah. it could go. Like, it doesn't totally, you don't have to completely suspend your disbelief. Yeah. Um, I really About like, that aspect of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like most of the characters that were played in these movies. The villains were really fun in both movies. I think that was really fun. Yeah, honestly, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, who played uh, Marv and Harry, were incredible. Like, that, you could tell, especially in the second movie, like, that they were having a blast filming this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Joe Pesci is usually known for, like, really, really violent movies, and I think this is his first, like, family-friendly movie. That's what Ever? the countdown list that you read five seconds before <laughs> we went live said. Yeah, so I think it's a very bold choice to have an actor that's usually known for more serious roles and just throw him in this like comedy role and be like, all right, well, hope it works. And it does. It does really work. You can tell that, you know, he's kind of like this, like, he's got this type of voice that just sounds I mean there's a look there's a reason he's been cast as a criminal in every role he's ever played kind of looks like one yeah I mean like look they added the the gold tooth and you know he's constantly like dressed you know like like, he's dressed like he's going to rob a house for most of the movie but he has like a pretty good comedic timing and I like you know the way he plays his character um Marv is pretty funny too I think he's a foil to Harry Marv is Joe Pesci okay whatever Joe Pesci I think he's a foil to Joe Pesci Pesci as he's not like they're both pretty dumb, but, like, he's kind of the dumber one. Yeah, so, like, what did you think, like, just overall of the movies and the two, like, I felt like watching them again, like, I felt like the first one was kind of a more, a little bit down to earth, like, as much as it, you can be in a movie like this where guys are going through traps and a kid is outsmarting these, like, two supposedly seasoned criminals, but, like, I thought that the first one was a little bit more down to earth in terms of, like, the traps were not as crazy and elaborate, like, I mean, they were stuff that a child could plausibly come up with like maybe like a really smart child but you know like uh, and then like the second one was basically they're like well how can we top the first one and you know he just basically resorts to turning it into like what would be a horror movie if these guys were actually having the effects of what was done to them actually happen to them. Like, Joe Pesci, I believe, is set on fire at least three times during the second movie and yeah, just basically has, things. like, soot on his face. Yeah, there's a um, lot of things in the second movie that just defy the laws of The science. second one is a lot more bombastic in terms like they were like okay we gotta one up this in every way yeah. number one we're setting him loose in New York by himself like we're upping the stakes Joe Pesci actually has a gun these guys just want to 
kill him now. They don't necessarily <laughs> want to rob his house. Like, they're just mad that he got them sent to prison. And, uh, like, I, I thought, like, they just definitely, the second one, I thought was, it, it almost reminded me a little bit of Force Awakens in that, like, it follows the exact same story beats of the movie that it's trying to be and follow up like it did with the yeah, new Yeah, but Hope. the difference is that, like, this movie's pretty self-aware. Yes, that's what I was going to say. So, that, that, like, what, do you, what do you mean by that? So, like, the fact that he gets lost again, his parents are just, like, in disbelief. They're like, I can't believe this happened <laughs> again. Like, what the hell? Um, people are looking at them a little bit suspiciously. Like, yeah. by the second... Like, the first one, it, it, like, most people either feel bad for them or just can't help them. The second one, people are like... Okay, yeah. You guys should not have this many kids. Yeah, or just go on these elaborate vacations. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm gonna say a little bit of a hot take here, but I did not like Kevin McAllister. Okay, well... Yeah, we can get into that, I think. Like, we've kind of hit most of the beats. Let's get into the specifics. Why did you not like him? I don't know. He's a fucking brat. Like, he's just <laughs> so, like, he needs to understand that his parents are trying to... Oh, first of all, his parents are taking him on some nice-ass vacations, okay? Not a lot of people could just go to Paris for Christmas. Besides, uh, just a quick aside, I, I do wonder what his parents do for work. Oh, like, their they house never, is immaculate. They never get into this. And they have, like, 19 kids... Um, and like, they're apparently by the second vacation, the first vacation, they're like, okay, their uncle that lives in France or works in France paid for them. And it's like, okay, that's how this family that's this big can afford to go on this kind of vacation. And the second one, it's like his dad's paying for not only their family, but his brother and like all of their family from the first movie to like go on a free vacation. It's like, where are they? What is his dad a mob boss? Like, I don't. White people in the nineties. I guess. In, in like. Uh, like high class his dad's like a one percenter or something yeah. yeah like i don't know how you can afford to have like 90 kids like that um yeah you just god you just a fucking brat like dude you're going on a nice vacation and you're just gonna be like you're gonna start fights with people like yeah you're getting picked on but just like chill you're gonna be in paris hold on hold on okay so well you're again, talking about the beginnings of these movies right like where he like so in the first one he like spills a bunch of like he basically causes at their last like family dinner before vacation a bunch of he starts a fight with it or he gets into a fight with his brother ends up getting everyone spilled on his youngest cousin played by his younger brother who's now famous for succession if you want to feel old uh gets basically smashed against a wall like everyone just kind of gets milk thrown on them or drops pizza or whatever and then his whole family, you know, in Kevin's defense, his whole family, especially in the first movie, are kind of dicks to him. Like, they're all calling him a little jerk. They call him, like, a cancer. They say that he's, like, a tumor on their house and that he's not dependent. Like, he's complete. Like, they bully him for seemingly no reason. And I kind of don't blame him for snapping in the first movie. In the second one, like, I, I also get, you know, as someone who was an older brother who sometimes had their younger brothers fight back against them kind of pranking them or messing with them or whatever, I kind of get why he tried to throw his brother off that stage in the choir when his brother basically got an entire auditorium of people to laugh at him and then tripped the family, you know, something that I was also known to do at, to, from time to time by, like, giving a supposedly sincere apology and then whispering that he was a trout sniffer, which I've never heard anyone call anything, and I'm guessing that was just, like, a PG insult that they could figure <laughs> out um, for his brother and, like, get refused to apologize and then both times have this conversation with his mom where I appreciate in the second one they acknowledged that this was the second year in a row they were having the same conversation and the first one he's like I just wish that I didn't have a family the second time he's like I just wish that I could go on my own vacation and she's like well you know you're gonna be yeah the mom's sad. just like she's like listen I have a lot to deal with 
Whatever. You yeah, wanna... she's got like nine kids. I don't blame her. Yeah, she's like, listen, he's like, throw look at you, little brat. You're going up to the attic. Like, I understand why his parents get on him for the stuff that he does, but I also, like, I empathize with Kevin a little bit because his family kind of sucks. Yeah, I think it's just hard for me to see because, like, I'm an only child. So if we went on vacations and if I brought up a concern, like, my parents would listen to me and then we would talk it out. But I'm, I, I bet, like, if you have a bunch of siblings, it's hard to kind of get your voice out there. Yeah, so, le- like, le- let me give an example about this like we you know my family when we were younger I went we went on a really nice vacation to Hawaii and I found I think almost a hundred dollars on the ground uh just in a parking lot somewhere and so I was of course really excited like you know was like my brothers were like give us some and like they weren't even near me when I found it so it was mine I was keeping it and uh then two of them stole from me and uh like you know but basically one of them stole from me paid the other one to not tell my dad and then they kept the youngest one out of it and i'm telling you they only admitted this like 10 years later that they had actually like was the first time they actually acknowledged that they did it but i got so mad that i started fighting them and my dad grounded me on the vacation (laughs) and so like i'm just saying like kevin is not wrong you know, sometimes your brothers are dicks and you got to fight with them. Like I, you got to yeah. throw hands. That's something I can't make a connection to. So. so, but like, aside from that aspect of it, like, did you find him, you know, like, I thought he was kind of a relatable protagonist from the sense of the middle parts of the movies where he's kind of doing exactly, he's reacting exactly how a kid would react yeah, to a lot like, of these things. Yeah, like get a bunch of candy, get a bunch of candy, do all that stuff. The problem I have with this Like if kid, you give a kid, if you gave a kid a credit card, oh, like a 10 year old. Yeah. That's exactly what they would do. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but the thing I don't like about this character is that they write dialogue for him that just doesn't sound He's like... He's very precocious. Yeah, that's so... like I'm like, in my head, I'm like, no kid would say that. Especially in the second one. The first one, it's I feel like a little bit more believe... Like, I think they grounded him a little bit more in the first one, and then they realized that Macaulay Culkin kind of has this, like, adult trapped in a child's body air to him. And they definitely, like, have him ham it up and, like, you know, use say things that a child would not say in the more in the second one. Yeah, I didn't really like that. So I, I think that really threw me off with the character. Um, I like the way he dealt with a lot of things like if there was an obstacle he was pretty smart i just don't understand where he would get all that kind of like knowledge to do the things that he was doing because there's like just, such as such as like um calling the plaza in as his dad and making a reservation and then going up to the the desk and being it, like not only that using a tape recorder yeah. saying it knowing exactly what the person was gonna say and slowing it down so that it sounded like an adult talking yeah and then he goes up to the, the to the um the the desk and he's like oh i'm here to check in my dad's actually in a business meeting crazy thing he just wants me to stay there but i don't so i'm just gonna check in and they're just like uh sure okay well, i i think that you misunderstand how accommodating employees can be to the children of Rich uh, people. people that they think are marks yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I just, I just, like, I like that part, but I just don't know. I will just say know. from personal experience of going on business trips with my dad, the hotel employees are usually very accommodating, even when it's a child. <laughs> okay, weird flex, but um, <laughs> other than that, yeah, I, I, I just, I like the way he deals with problems. I just don't know where that comes from, basically. Yeah, yeah, no. So I, I think that that honestly gets us into the second aspect of his uh, uh, of his character, which is, is Kevin McAllister, like, is this the most, uh, like, elaborate, um, 
like jigsaw origin story ever because honestly he definitely escalates in the second yeah so this is the sign of a serial killer is in the first movie the traps are like okay like yeah even in real life like those traps would probably kill someone but they were still like a little bit more mischievous like and like even though like i mean he does end up branding uh marv you know with the door handle thing but in fairness those guys are trying to break into his house He's self-defending himself using whatever means necessary. And they're a little bit more, like, believable traps in terms of, like, a kid. Like, you know, they even set it up in the first half of the movie about your aunt slipped almost slipped on one of your micro-machines. Somebody's going to break their neck. So, of course, what does he do? He lays out the micro-machines. He puts out Christmas ornaments for them to step on and break the glass. Like, he makes the stairs icy so that they'll slip. Like, you know, it's more believable stuff. Yeah. And then the second one, he escalates into vigilante justice. Good uh, like, lord. Hold on. So... The second movie, there's a plot. So in both movies, and you didn't get into it in your 90-second summary, and it's fine, but both movies have, um, like, an older character. So the first one has the, you know, the the shovel killer, supposedly. The guy that, like, shovels his... You know, we all have that, like, guy that we think... The older person in the neighborhood that's, like, we think is creepy, and maybe there are rumors about them being a serial killer and whatever, like... Okay, yeah, and in, in the second one, it was the bird lady. It was the bird lady, and... In the second one, she tells him, like, you know, because there's always these conversations in the movie. So in the first one, he's talking with the older guy about, like, valuing your family. And they both learn a lesson from each other about, like, you know, the older guy's like, I'm going to call my son. And Kevin's like, I really do wish my family was here. And, like, then in the second one, it's the bird lady. And I appreciated what they were trying to do with the character in terms of, like, you know, humanizing, like, somebody that was homeless. And, like, you know, like, like making kids feel like that doesn't necessarily mean that you're crazy. You could be a good person. Person and like you know just have been dealt like a shitty hand in life um but that said like so they're having their conversation and this is the part where kevin's supposed to learn his lesson and she's like well like you may have done bad things but good deeds count to twice as much on christmas and kevin's like okay you know what my good deed is i'm gonna go 10 year old batman and like trick these burglars into a house of traps and just basically mutilate them until i get the cops called on them yeah and like yeah. his idea of a good deed is escalating the traps that he oh pulled on these yeah. guys. Let's look, hold on, let's to talk the point about of these, almost killing them. these traps in the second movie. The first one was like, oh yeah, you got his head blown by fire. Fine, you could maybe survive that. Um, yeah, I mean, second, you'd have like third degree burns, but you'd maybe survive. Yeah, the second one. So not only does, <laughs> the, uh, whatever, the tall one. I, I'm Harry, not, uh, uh, Harry. Okay, fine. Or no, Marv. No, Harry. Harry. Yeah, Harry. Okay, Harry, he gets, so Kevin is on what? three stories up three or four yeah three or four um he throws fucking five bricks at this guy and hits him on the head five times it's a recurring thing where he throws the brick just, and yeah Mar- like marv ducks and it hits harry the first time and you're like oh wow he'd be dead after yeah. that and then it's like the four more times oh my god bricks. and he gets up and just walks in so he walks in and then nut don't doesn't stop there he falls into a hole and hits his head on concrete which again you would be dead but fine um he gets up and then somehow a whole shelf of paint cans fall onto his body yeah and hits him again he gets up no problem uh and then he i don't know what he touched but he touched something and 
Kevin... It was a it was a gener- it was a portable generator. Okay, he touched and Kevin that. Kevin had like Kevin had messed it up so that it was like the electrical. It was like if you stuck a fork in an electrical yeah. outlet. So then Kevin just turns up the electricity, and at some point in that movie, yeah, it's not even just that he sets it up to electrocute him. Kevin is standing there turning up the voltage oh, while watching too. him. Yeah, yeah, and then at some point there's like a he's shot. Some sick executioner. So Harry's just like ah, you see him, his hair's going up. There's electricity everywhere, and then it, and then all of a sudden you see he turns into a skeleton. He turns into a literal skeleton for maybe like two seconds, and you're sitting there thinking, "What the fuck? Are you serious? This is happening?" And then he goes back to normal, and he's like, "Oh, okay, better go find Marv." And then Marv, oh my yeah, god! Yeah. So at first, you think that Harry is getting the worst of it exactly. he is at first, and then Marv gets set on fire again with his hair, and then to try and put it out, he tries to dunk his head into the toilet using a gymnast move that they definitely use the stunt double for Joe Pesci on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but 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 the toilet is filled with gasoline instead or lighter of actual, fluid or something, something like yeah. that, and then it goes. You see an explosion out of the building yeah and then it comes back to joe pesci and it's just like haha his face is all black with soot. yeah it's like somehow he just has soot on him he would be dead he would be dead both of these men would not in any way have survived the second home alone movie the first movie you can trick yourself into being like okay he was just self-defense it's whatever like second movie kevin was trying to kill them yeah these okay i gotta say this these two bandits I'm not even going to call them the wet bandits or the sticky bandits, whatever the fuck they want to call it. I'm calling them the immortal bandits. These people will not die. They won't die. They'll put them in jail. They'll, they won't even rot because they're not going to die in jail. Yeah, there's like, I, there's a third Home Alone movie to be made where these guys like gruesomely, like a gritty sequel made now or something with like Macaulay Culkin as an adult where these guys, like they gruesomely escape from prison. Like they, I don't know, like they chop their own heads off and like it grows a new body because they're apparently immortal. Yeah. Like throw their heads over the wall, like, Chops and then go to, get their, go to get their revenge and like. You know, Kevin McAllister is like a seasoned Dexter level serial killer at this point. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's my plot for Home Yeah, I just don't understand how the writers are like, yeah, up, up, up the ante, but like, don't let him die. No blood at all. Don't do that. It will definitely be believable. Kids will love it. Kids will love it. Yeah. No, no I mean, for a kid, I, I didn't question it. Like, yeah, I mean, well, if I grew up with this movie, it'd be like, haha, yes, I can hurt people. They won't die. I could probably do the same thing that Kevin's doing, it and does, they probably won't die. I, I do wonder how many accidents have been had as a result oh, of plenty. this movie. Kids thinking plenty. that people can take more. Pu- There's, There's one no- point where Kevin throws a police-level battering ram at them off of stairs. It hits them, knocks them down like two stories through a hole, and they're just like, oh, that hurt. Yeah, I like how, like, this is in, like, a You guys have, like, a Wolverine-level healing factor. Oh, my God. And then and, and it's in a New York neighborhood. You could tell it's in New York because all this noise is going on. No one's calling the cops. Yeah, they're like, ah, oh, it's a Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, the hobos are getting into it again, so whatever. Um, yeah, so two kind of takes it up a notch. Uh, what I didn't like about both these movies was, you mentioned it, the, the kind of, like, misunderstood old people. Yeah. Oh, you could definitely cut that shit out. Of this movie, and Maybe, still makes like, sense. I feel like to make it a full Christmas movie, no. like you had to have a lesson in no. there. No, I don't. That and like, you have to have someone that helps it. That is I feel a like that for him to interact with as he's learning these lessons. He's so not he learning. Can state outside that he. I mean, 
especially by two, you could argue that he's learning the wrong lesson. But, like, uh, you know, he, he's learning to appreciate his family. It's just funny that, like, after the first one, like, the whole message is like, oh, like, always appreciate my family. And then, like a real child, that did not even last a year. No. Where he's like, I hate these people. I want to go on vacation by myself. Yeah. Like, I, that, the, those parts, like, really, really slowed the movie down. Especially in the first one, where I'm just, like, sitting there. I'm the like, first one is a very slow movie. The second one moves a little fast. Yeah, but you could definitely Even though cut it's the, longer. Yeah. But, like, in the first one, I'm sitting there, and he's talking to this guy in church, and I was like, where are the fucking traps? Like, I'm here for that. Can we just cut to that? I don't give a shit well, about this the, person. Well, when they get there, like, and we should get into this now, like, as much as we're joking about him being a serial killer and all that stuff, it is hilarious. Like, even still today, like, those moments when they're going through the house and just falling into these increasingly convoluted but still hilarious slapstick traps. Yeah. Like, it is... Like, this is an all-time physical comedy movie that I don't know has been topped since. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't, I don't, can't think of anything. But then again, I'm not, like... Like, not. I understand the amount of punishment that he puts them through is borderline psychopathic and would probably kill them, but it is still hilarious. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, getting back to the old people. Yes. I'm still on this. Um, <laughs> I think the first movie kind of, like, touches on it. Like, it's a moment. And then it just kind of, like all right, whatever, we're going to go back to the traps. But the second movie just fucking dwells on this bird lady, which I don't give a shit about. I mean, it just... Wow, Mia doesn't care about the unhoused. No, right, I, it's it not that. It's just like... Nope, it's fine. I you feel like the second... You lack empathy, no, clearly. No, I feel like the second movie gets a way too mushy. Like, the whole fact that he um, he talks to the toy store owner and he's like... Oh, Who might be a ghost? I don't... No, he's not. No, no, yeah, that's right. The police interacted with him. Okay, yeah, because at first it was like only Kevin saw him, and then he was looked up at the painting, and the guy was gone. And yeah. I was like, is he a ghost? Like, um, and no, he's, he's not. He's all like, ghost. oh, you. It's just all these like mushy moments where I'm just like, I, I don't care. I'm not here for that. Like, what, what Christmas movies did you watch growing up? Uh, I don't know, but like, I know this Christmas movie has traps and fun stuff in it. I, I'm here for that. I don't give a shit about all this mushy stuff. Oh, like, wow, you are just a whiner. Man. I, okay, I did like the movies though. What What did you think? I guess uh, quickly, like, uh, do you have any more thoughts on his family or the Wet Bandits? Um, his mom. It's very strange to see his mom. God, I'm blanking on her name. Is it Catherine O'Hara? Possibly. Um. Anyways, the mom. She. I. I. I've only like. You've only seen her in Shit's Creek. No, I mean, I've seen her in other movies, but, like, I've gotten to know her through Shit's Creek, and it's just... She's in Dumb and Dumber as well, I think, right? Um, she is the love interest in that movie, I, I believe. I think so. But it's just weird to see her not as the character on Shit's Creek. Um, and she's very young, too. Also, oh, oh, also in the second movie, I absolutely love Tim Curry. Yes, he was, he stole every scene he was in. He was very so funny. so much. He is such a great actor. He's just got this really He's a great creepy... facial actor. Yes. Like in terms of just the little movements exactly. and ticks. Oh, yeah. God. He was amazing. It was very, um, yeah, her name Rob was. Schne Rob Schneider's character was also really funny in the second movie. It I was thought. okay. But I think Tim, Tim Curry really sh overshadowed him. Um, yeah, it was just a great surprise to see him in that movie. Well, just the recurring bit of like him trying to get a tip and like <laughs> Kevin gives him a piece of gum. Then he was going to give him cash, but the guy's like, no, I'm good. And like Kevin puts the wad of 50s away. And then his brother gives him, Buzz, of course, because Buzz is an asshole, like gives him, you know, a piece of chewed up gum. Um, yeah, so I loved him curry in that movie. Also, in the first movie was a nice little cameo. Not a cameo. I'm just saying Buzz is going to be Kevin's first victim when he begins to kill. <laughs> oh my God. 
I'm just saying, like, that's how, like, because we saw the escalation from the first movie to the second movie. Like, there would be, if they made this third movie, like, the actual third movie that these movies have been building towards of Kevin McAllister, the serial killer. Like, there's definitely, like, he has, like, Buzz's finger in, like, a freezer somewhere or something as a trophy. <laughs> okay. Um, but in the first movie, the small part with John Candy was kind of cute, too. Yeah, John Candy was funny. Yeah, he was pretty funny as the polka yeah I, I, like what's funny is as a kid i didn't know that john candy was like super famous so like i just knew him as like that guy and then i obviously saw him in other movies but yeah. like as a as an adult i'd forgotten that he was even in it and yeah. so it is kind of like a funny little camp i have no idea how they got him for that he must have just not been big yet um but um, i don't know oh he okay so this movie would not exist without um uncle buck have you ever heard of that movie yeah I know uncle buck. buck. i've seen uncle buck yeah. okay that's john candy in it yes i know so i think they have the connection between those movies because i think they shot uncle buck in the same house as home alone i believe yeah i, I did not know that um and so i'm pretty sure he's probably friends with like whoever is in charge of the movie and they probably just put him in there for like a little thing oh okay that makes sense i am flying by the seat of my pants with that because i did not research that as much but Again, that's what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I who was your who, who were your like if you had to rank them like who were your top three supporting characters in these movies? Okay, so Joe Pesci, yeah. number one. No, 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 supporting like so like side characters. So not Kevin or the Wet Bandits. Like those are the main characters. Oh, okay, number one, Tim Curry. Okay. Number two. Um, I don't know. I just like. I agree with you on Shovel Guy. Sh I, I think I think Shovel Guy is second. I never said I like Shovel Guy. No, I'm I'm just I'm just making it so that you do agree. <laughs> that's a, that's an old journalism trick. Like you just say I agree with you, and then if they don't dispute it, you can just say that they. have Oh, that I'm disputing it. Viewpoint. I didn't like Shovel Guy. You didn't like Shovel Guy? I didn't give a fuck about him. Oh, I thought Shovel Guy was very wholesome. I appreciated his role. I didn't. I just don't need the. And I, I'm I'm I, and I'll say Bird Lady number three just to give her some love since you hate unhoused people. So. No, no, no. It's Tim Curry and then the little kid that pees in the bed. Yes, actually, the little kid that pees in the bed. Uh, Kieran Culkin in his breakout role. Uh, <laughs> you know, just like he is. What's funny is like every single person in this family sucks basically, except for the mom. Yeah. Uh, who like you can tell like. Like, she's hard on Kevin, but it's out of, like, a place of love and, like, wanting him to be a good person. And, like, it's like it's like the dad in Dexter trying to, like, train his serial killer urges in the right direction. Um, oh and, uh, like, you know, like, but Kieran Culkin is, like, just, like, they're like, oh, like, he pees the, I forget what his name is. And, um, I the, forgot to. Yeah, I forget what the kid, but they're, like, talking about, oh, he pees the bed. I don't want to sleep with him, whatever. This kid, like, he's gleefully drinking Diet Pepsis like an ad and then giving an evil smile. Like, he's like, yeah, that's right. I pee the bed. I'm going <laughs> to pee on you. <laughs> Um, Honestly, that kid might have grown up to be Roman Roy, given the weird stuff that he's into. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think this movie's, these movies really hold up. I think it's going to be... If Even you, though you complained about them the whole time. I'm allowed to complain and still like things. You do the same thing, too. I'm, so what did you like about them? I said, I, I literally just said I liked all the traps and the fun stuff and okay. the writing was all right. good. All right. I'm just saying you complained a lot. I like to complain. That's what I do. <laughs> what did you think do you think these movies still oh they absolutely hold up yeah. like these these will be like if we're 
you know, coming up with Christmas lists at some point of, like, movies to watch with the kids, like, around that season. Like, these are at the top, I think. Like, yeah, these but still hold up, and they're still hilarious. Definitely. And they have a good heart at the at the center of them. Definitely when they're a little bit older. I could see why I don't think I watched this as, like, a little, little kid, because they are pretty violent. <laughs> and I don't think my parents wanted me to see that. But I think, you know, once you get to, like... 8, 9, 10, maybe? Yeah, around the age Kevin is. And then you can train them to start setting traps for burglars. No, no. (laughs) Um, I don't... Did you know that uh, apparently in Home Alone... So there is a whole direct-to-DVD Home Alone verse where they've just continued to cash in on the name of this and, like, maybe, I don't know, like, get families to rent them by mistake. I feel like there's, like, a whole industry of movies, like, direct-to-DVD sequels that you just, like, Like, trick the parents into renting thinking that they're, like, the next thing. Grandma picks up the wrong movie. Yeah, exactly. So, like, there's apparently a home... I believe it's Home Alone 4 where they bring back Harry, who has been recast... Um, and has apparently left Marv because he keeps getting them into trouble, but then teams with his wife, who we never meet, and apparently works for a burglary scheme run by his mom. So, uh, you know, some deep character development later on in the Home Alone verse for no. the Harry character. You understand why he's so subservient. Like, he, you know, he gets bossed around by, um, gets bossed around by Marv, uh, gets bossed around by his wife and his mom, mom. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, our next podcast is actually going to be, we're going to watch all the direct-to-DVD Home Alones. And... Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> no, we are not. Yeah, I'm not. I, even as a kid, I didn't like the third one, so I'm definitely not going mm. further down the line. I'll go be there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Magic. All right, so Mia, what are we watching next? Because we have one more holiday movie that we are going to watch uh, that is from your childhood, just to finish out Christmas month or holiday month or tis the season on Rewind and Reconsider. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, our next movie, which I definitely planned out, is going to be one of my classic favorites, A Christmas Story. Okay, all right. I think you said that you've only seen, like, bits and parts. I've only seen, I think the only scene that I remember from my childhood is, like, the, where the guy gets the lamp in the mail, and he's like, it's fragile, it must be French. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, yeah, so we're definitely going to watch that movie. I used to watch that a lot with my family. And I've seen the scene where the kid gets his tongue stuck to the pole, but other than that, I don't think, yeah. An instant classic. Um, You guys can find us if you liked what we are doing with this podcast. Hopefully you will do. Um, You can find us... I wouldn't think they would have made it this far if they didn't. I mean, that'd be a hell of a hate listen. Um, You can find us on... Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter and you can also tweet at us and suggest movies that we should watch. We will take it into consideration. Keyword, take into consideration. We are, no promises. Yeah, no promises there. Um, and unless you, unless you pay us. Yeah, exactly. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps us with our popularity. And um, anything else? Nope. That All covers right. it. So we will, we will see. be back for uh, a Christmas story, which is just a movie like, like that's the title of the movie, not another Christmas story for these holiday movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, in the meantime, stay safe and wear a mask and uh, have a great holiday. 